Jesus. Ghost. Yeah, I see that. Halloween. Sure is. But right now it's breakfast, okay? Come on, let's eat. They wouldn't see me. Who wouldn't see you? The bad men. What are you talking about? Trick or treat. You want to go trick-or-treating? You know the rules. Yes. Yes, so you know the answer. No, but well, I don't... They wouldn't hey, see me. I don't care. But they wouldn't I don't see me. care, all right? You go out there, ghost or not, it's a risk. We don't take risks, all right? They're stupid. And? We're not stupid. Exactly. Now you take that off, sit down and eat. Your food's getting cold. tonight and I buy us a bunch of candy and we can sit around and get fat and we watch a scary movie together how's that for compromise Com compromise c-o-m promise compromise how about that's your word for the day yeah it's something that's kind of in between it's like halfway happy by five one five five fifteen Ghost that won't stay dead. Ghostbusters! They're armed. 
to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Right, that's bad. Okay, all right, important safety tip. Thanks, Egon. They're professionals. Oh. I'm the chairman of the largest paranormal removal company in America. You see it? They're all that stands between you and the end of the world. The city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. Real wrath of God type stuff. Fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Your girlfriend lives in the corner penthouse of Spook Central. Is this a trick question? Everybody, this is Tony with a Stranger Things podcast, and today we're talking about Chapter Two: Trick or Treat Freak. So, as we start this episode off, Eleven starts the episode in the Upside Down with uh, flashbacks to Season One finale. Uh, Eleven walks through the Upside Down at the school and emerges uh, from the Upside Down like she's coming from a birth canal, a la the Matrix. And, you know, she comes through a tear in the uh, school's wall that oddly looks like a vagina. Yeah, that's what they pretty much put out there. (laughs) Um, uh, There's a couple of references to this and there's a lot of memes going on about um, that scene in particular. But anyway, uh, Eleven walks... Uh, to Mike's house where he's still getting questioned by the uh, by the uh, men from state or the government and Eleven is now hiding in the woods and she looks hurt you know of what the men and the uh, the woman from the state are saying and she's a little bit she seems like she's a little bit confused as to what's going on and she looks as if she is she's really hurt and she's not sure if Mike is going to give her up or she's really saddened by what the men from state are saying and if Mike is actually if he's actually believing what they are saying and he looks up and he seems as if he uh, he thinks he sees 11 so uh, Mike then thinks he sees Eleven, but the men from state start a search of the woods for uh, Elle herself and just goes through the whole process of looking for her. And Mike's just like, you know, I, I, I don't know what's going on and I wouldn't even give her up even if I did know where she was uh, from the very beginning. So we have Hopper that presents the idea of, uh, of a compromise. Now, right before that happens... Uh, Eleven is waiting to celebrate, um, she's wanting to celebrate, actually, uh, Halloween, and conveys as much to Hopper in the cabin by dressing up as a ghost, thus scaring Hopper in the process. 
Now, going back to Hopper presenting the idea of a compromise, which is how he explains um, in the way of, you know, halfway being happy. And he presents this by saying, you know, we can eat uh, candy, uh, watch movies, and we can get fat all in the process. And I just love this whole budding relationship between the two here that we uh, that we that we have. It's truly a father and uh, uh, daughter relationship that that they have forming here. Now, meanwhile, at the uh, buyers, uh, Joyce is briefly looking for uh, Will when he's just in the bathroom and it's you know a bit of a comedic moment here when she finds a drawing that will has has done and we we get this uh we get this moment where she's figuring out something definitely more is going on with will and he's not being uh 100 percent honest with uh what's going on with him these episodes he you know, he's having these visions from or to the upside down. I think and then we get one of my favorite moments from the episode. It's a 80s Ghostbusters montage, which starts with all the boys dressed up as Ghostbusters. We get our first glimpse of Erica calling Lucas a nerd. And I just love Erica, you know, right? Because you can't spell America without Erica, right? This this is one of my uh, favorite uh, characters, uh that has been introduced into the uh, series thus far. Um, definitely one of my favorites outside of uh, uh, Steve and his whole uh, turnaround and arc that he's had within the series up to this point. Um, these um, montage, you know, the 80s Ghostbusters montage, you know, these types of montages were, you know, hugely popular and you know just one of the major tropes that they used to do all the time in 80s movies whether or not it's just transformation of a person going from one place to another um i just you know i just thought that this was done um, exceptionally well within the uh, run of the uh, episode now we get a uh, funny moment at school that occurs when mike and luke is arguing over you know who's uh, Winston and how Mike can't uh, he, he can't be Winston because well he's not black as Lucas uh, points out and it's, it's just this this whole stumbling moment that that Mike goes through and Lucas just plays on that uh, a lot and just pushes that forward and there's just this really comedic back and forth between the two and I just love them and this is not shown a lot on the show uh, uh, race but race relations is 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 really a big aspect and point of this show and mike he um and lucas and mike they uh they are friends and you know there is this uh color barrier but it's shown that you know we can all truly get along be friends and it's really not a a point um within the show to to just sit there and and have the you know these different experiences maybe one's black and maybe being in the middle of indiana but i just found that you know they're they're friends and it's more about the camaraderie between the uh the, the two and the just the, the entire party in general i just love the way they uh they put in these little nods and like i said this show is very very progressive if you're really paying attention between uh, introducing 
queer characters or uh, just uh, certain things that are just, you know, put out there just slightly. You're not beat over the head with it. It's like it introduces it and then it kind of like just moves on. I just love the way they uh, the way they do that because this is more reflective of the world um, in which they probably were living. And it's really uh, uh, indicative of what has been going on uh, and what may have been going on during the, uh, the 80s. And this is more of a real-life, realistic play on a lot of these dynamics that they have between one another. Now, Hopper and Joyce talk about Will's drawings and his uh, PTSD uh, slash trauma and what he may be going through. And uh, Hopper, he says uh, in as many words that, you know, this is a real thing. People go through this, you know, it's coming up on a one-year anniversary and, and, you know, they really dive into that. And then we have this um, this um, moment between Hopper and Joyce talking about the past. Obviously, there's some history between the two. And then we get a, a scene back at the lab of a worker heading into the Upside Down. And we also get some imagery by a camcorder uh, into the Upside Down. I just, um, I, I liked what they did with this and just the way they kind of added in that old camcorder uh found footage type um type uh, uh information there and it just was really it just really pulled you into that that moment and just that found footage it was just great to see that on screen and then we get some um we get not only some imagery from the upside down but Dr. Owens, which is one of my favorite characters as well, you know, I can't, I keep saying this over and over again about all the characters, I just love, you know, the realistic uh, uh, tilt that they give to every single one of the characters and all their uh, neosyncrasies within the, the show, and Dr. Owens is looking over the recorded tapes of Will when he was pulled out of class earlier in, it, in an earlier uh, episode, uh, the first episode of the season and we see him looking over this and he's you know pondering as to what he should do next what what's going on at least that's what i'm seeing on screen from the look on his face and you know he's really diving into this and that you know he's probably thinking or figuring out there's something more going on here he doesn't quite know what but we do know he has uh he has information on uh, the upside down and what's going on there. So, you know, he has more than uh, than than meets the eye uh, going on within that whole dynamic. You know, there's probably a lot of things going on within his uh, mind at that time. Now, Nancy and Steve are at the library when uh, Nancy has a flashback of of uh, of Barb, and Barb, you know, uh, you know, when we talk about her, she had such a uh, impact on the show for the short period of time she was there and, and Nancy thinks that she sees her when it's actually someone else in the um, in the library and she is really obviously she's dealing with some trauma and some um, some of her own personal uh, PTSD there so I just love the way they didn't just leave that 
unresolved and just didn't come back and touch that again because something like that would definitely affect someone, especially when you've lost a, a best uh, best friend uh, in that way so abruptly and suddenly. So I, I think that they, the uh, creators of the Brothers, they really are uh, tapping down on something that is, is very, very important. Now, Steve and Nancy talk about Barb and the lives and the lies that they're having to to tell to basically cover it up all to everyone, including Barb's parents, which Barb's parents are just so it's just so sad to watch them go through that whole process. Them looking for her, giving up everything, including selling their home to uh, to uh, Murray there. Um, and we get just this whole uh, speech from them, how he's pretty much angry and upset, the father, uh, Barb's father. And, you know, it's just so sad to see them looking for her when Steve and Nancy know that, you know, she is, she's dead. She's no longer, she's no longer there. And they know this. And it's like they're, they don't want to keep perpetuating this 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 lie and this, this this hope knowing that she was killed in the upside down by the uh, Demogorgon. Now Dustin and Lucas try talking to Max while dressed like Ghostbusters. Funny funny moment here um, and they invite Max to a trick-or-treat uh, outing later on and just that moment between the two boys and their you know uh, pondering whether they should talk to her and they're talking to themselves pretty much out loud and so that they can hear each other and they're going back and forth and Lucas is like, yep, yep, we're not going to do it now. You know, when, when Dustin gives him that out to maybe we should do this a little bit later on. Now, Eleven, meanwhile, uh, flips through some uh, commercials like the Terminator and, you know, a few daytime soaps when she's interrupted by a squirrel, which causes her to have a flashback to her time in the woods. And this is obviously right after escaping the uh, the upside down, which was at the end of season one. And she and we see what she possibly uh, uh, went through during that whole time and, you know, her just being alone all by herself having to you know to and like i said it goes back to that squirrel and her having to kill a squirrel cook a squirrel she's basically eating off the land at that at that point and hopper um he he arrives at the police station met by rotting pumpkins and hopper talks to a local farmer and a a spreading disease hitting all the pumpkin crops in the area so this is something that is slowly but surely creeping into the story and it's going to have a over um overall effect on the story moving forward max is uh, picked up from the school by billy now billy is a is a bit aggressive towards uh max he's a bit unhinged especially when he he uh, he tries to run over the guys uh, coming from school in their Ghostbusters uh, uh, uniforms uh, or um, costumes. 
and you know there's this back and forth between the two we see that there's really some hard feeling somewhere maybe they're there because of something that uh, Billy did or something that, that Max did we don't know exactly but I'm gonna be diving into those books to get some of uh, Max's backstory Max and Billy's backstory because her parents were um, are, are briefly introduced in um, in the third season uh, which we'll see. I, no, I'm, I'm, if I'm mistaken, I think it's towards the end of this season going into the third. So we get a little bit of that dynamic uh, back and forth. But that's really interesting to see uh, them and to see exactly what's what's going on and why they landed in in what Billy calls a basically a, a shithole town in Hawkins, Indiana. So... You know, meanwhile, Hopper is at the local uh, pumpkin farmer's farm assessing the crop damage when Hopper pulls some goo from a tree, obviously something from the upside down. And, you know, he's telling one of the deputies, don't touch anything because it's, you know, it could possibly be poisonous. And of course, one of the deputies, he's touching something with no gloves on and you know putting up to his face and smelling it so this is a you know, slight comedic look because one of the deputies looks over at him and he's like ah, we're all he's already done it you know and you know so so back at the uh, buyers we get uh, we get Jonathan and Will getting ready for Halloween and Bob is dressed as a vampire which is you know great to see and then we get this uh, slight political uh, political uh, sign out in the uh, front yard which is it says Bush and Reagan of course we see where their uh, where their politics lie at least with uh, Ted Willer and that's you know of course more along the lines of Republican because he said as much in, um, in past episodes that you know we're patriotics here you know we're, we're, we're our patriots here we, you know, we, you know, we trust the government. The government lied to us, right? And you know, of course, uh, Karen Willer has probably some different ideas on that because she scoffs at that whole idea that the government wouldn't lie to them. So I just found that to be very, very intriguing and interesting in, in the way in which they're going into that whole dynamic. And we're seeing that, you know, this is still Middle America, Indiana. And, uh, and, you know, it's Republican-based uh, in the 80s, and that was a huge, huge thing in the 80s. And, and then we get uh, Jonathan, he looks at a poster and starts to head to the party that he was introduced, uh, or he was invited to uh, via Nancy. Now, Billy, of course, is being crowned the new drinking keg queen, uh, keg king, rather, of the, uh, of the party of, of Hawkins, Indiana. And meanwhile, Nancy is going for, for the, uh, the new drinking record herself when we head back over to the Briar's house where Bob is playing Islands in the Stream by Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers. Now, Lucas... And the Three Musketeers, Max saves the boys, uh, full-sized candy bars. This is all in the scene where they're, uh, these points are all in the scene where uh, they are starting to trick-or-treat. And, you know, of course, um, uh, Will gets scared, uh, and Lucas, and, you know, he's, ba he's basically saying that he can't stand all the nougat uh, candy bars 
that they are getting but Dusto's like you know I can eat that you know you know I can eat that shit pretty much all day long and I just love the way just these little nuances and I love the whole retro uh, retro um, uh, packaging that they're showing us with the Three Musketeers, the the old packaging of it. I just, because I, I remember so much of that so, so fondly growing up and seeing it. It's just really great to see that back on screen and to see that captured in such a uh, nostalgic way. And of course, that's what this show is all about. It's that nostalgia, just growing up, just the simpleness of, of uh, childhood, just enjoying those simple things before life becomes complicated. And I just absolutely adored uh, what they're doing with these characters uh, um, within the show. So Hopper is back at the uh, pumpkin farm and he's looking around and it's now nighttime and um, and you know Hopper then starts to you know he rushes back to the cabin you know and he's on his way there when you know where Eleven is alone watching Frankenstein which is almost a callback to uh, to her being the monster and her saying, you know, the monster back from season uh, one, a little bit. And, and you know, I, I just love Eleven. Now, Eleven uh, has another flashback to the woods where we see her eating uh, Eggos left by Hopper. So this is another one of the reasons or reasons why we know she survived and lasted so long before she eventually met uh, Hopper. Now I'm trying to figure out and, and wonder just, you know, just brainstorming in my own mind right now, you know, whether or not this was a part of Hopper's plan that he didn't actually turn her in or he knew that she was going to be powerful enough to uh, uh, kill some of these government workers and take care of that whole situation with the boys herself at, at towards the end of uh, season one in the school and he had this plan that's why he left these eggos in the box for her and we see how she really is able to really you know survive and thrive within the uh, with the woods whether or not it was taking uh, the the uh, the uh what is it the um the hunter's jacket hitting him with the squirrel in the face and just all these things that she was you know she learned to do to survive now lucas uh now lucas max and dustin enjoy uh trick-or-treating when uh, mike seems annoyed that max has been invited to join the party by by default of course uh when will gets bullied for a moment by a few trick-or-treaters you know he starts to have these uh he starts to have another uh episode so will you know he's he's he has another episode that basically takes him back to the upside down and this is really uh telling as to what is coming what's what's going on and we really see this coming to play a little bit later on in the season now back at the party jonathan arrives uh steven and nancy have a fight in the bathroom where she basically says she doesn't love him and you know it's all bullshit and pretty much everything is just bullshit and you know she just doesn't want to have anything to do with steve you know because they're supposed to be dumb teenagers but she's just feeling the weight of what's happened to barb and she's really bogged down by that she can't really get past that 
right now, which that's understandable because it hasn't even been a full year yet, but this is truly weighing on her. It's weighing her down, all her decisions, everything is just really eating at her in the back of her mind. So we get uh, we get this uh, moment uh, where after they've had a fight and, you know, Nancy has drank way too much and it's probably safe to say she's sloppy drunk at this at this point now Steve leaves the party uh, pretty much upset and we just uh, we see uh, enter Jonathan we'll jump back into that in a moment now uh, Will and Mike uh, talk about Will's episode and Will's explaining being caught in between worlds and Mike kind of like brings out, oh, like a uh, Viewmaster, and there's a Viewmaster reference here, which I love those things, you know, the little slides you pop in and you can see different parts of the world. It's almost like traveling the world uh, via uh, Viewmaster, but it, it, it made it very interesting. It's like, you know how Viewmaster gets stuck in between, and you kind of like see a little bit of one world, see a little bit of the other. This was a great, perfect uh, analogy and reference for and to the upside down and the world in which they're uh, currently living uh, in. So I, I thought that was very interesting him to explain to uh, to be able to e- explain that and to for Mike to get a full sense of what Will is possibly going through with these upside down episodes that he's uh, having. Now Jonathan brings uh, Nancy. Nancy home and and safely lays her in bed. Now this could have played out so many different ways. She was sloppy drunk. There were several other drunk uh, uh, young men adolescents at this party. This could have this could have totally totally been a bad thing. And this, as we know, this was a time where the uh, the Me Too movement hadn't, of course, had not been birthed, and there was still some uh, discrimination uh, against women, as we see in. Uh, in later in this uh, season uh, of the uh, show, uh, Nancy and and uh, Jonathan they go and they're working at the newspaper and there's of course of this uh, this uh, male superiority thing crap going on and we just see a lot of that going on with her because they don't take any of her you know ideas seriously and they call her Nancy Drew at one at one uh, point within the. Uh, within the episode so I you know I just uh, I just thought that this was uh, all well played but like I said this could have played out very well and this goes really to tell Jonathan truly truly likes and loves her and really cares for her as as a person because he's willing to to do these things to not uh, to not take advantage of her, to make sure she got home safely, which is a little less than Steve did. But we can understand, even though Steve is going through this arc and he hasn't fully reached that uh, season three point in his uh, characters uh, evolving, but we can see in that moment he he was upset with her and because of what she was saying, what you know, how she was treating him and how she basically just pushed him away. But, you know, I, you know, at the same time, you probably should have made at least, you know, at the very least, she got home uh, safely. And, you know, because even when you love someone and you're upset with them and you're angry and you're mad, you still make sure that 
their basic needs, you know, are being taken care of, or at least the very least they are out of harm's way. And, you know, for him not to do that, that just still shows that there's some growing that needs to happen and that there is a immaturity that is still there, which I think Jonathan has uh, more of a hold on uh, maturity. And he can, as we can tell, he's a little bit beyond his years. He's kind of like over all the bullshit uh, within the adolescent world because he doesn't really fit and conform into that. Just like he was having that conversation earlier with uh, Will saying, you know, you know, I'm, you know, you're weird, you're strange. That's okay. That's fine. That's great. You're you should be comfortable in your own skin. You should do what you like to do. You know, have, having these uh, conversations about possibly his um, his father earlier in the uh, in the series uh, in season one. So I really enjoyed a lot of uh, just the way they they show the contrast between Jonathan and uh, and Steve in that moment. Now Harper makes it to the cabin finally, where he's met by a not too happy eleven. Eleven, and an argument is about to ensue at that very moment. Now eleven is in the other room looking at commercials. It's an Oreos commercial. Um, we don't see the um, we don't see the um, the commercial explicitly. Um, but I think it was a McDonald's commercial, but it possibly could have been a Burger King because they were talking about burgers. So, you know, because Burger King was really huge during the 80s. Uh, a lot of people don't realize it was bigger at, at, at one point. It was bigger than McDonald's. It was Burger King. You had all these, you know, uh, uh, specialty uh, glasses for Star Wars, for just all of these uh, shows coming out at that uh, at that time we had all the toys just just everything everything played up with uh ghostbusters just any of the major movies it was almost like i think they may have had a licensing deal with a lot of warner brother movies or a lot of just movies uh in in general so they would put those things out to sell the um i forgot what they called the equivalent of the uh, burger king happy meal but of course, you get you, you know you got the uh, you got the the Burger King crown and and everything you could put on. And I remember wearing those things so many times. But I think that might have been a commercial that was playing. But anyway, when she decides to uh, to head into the void, eleven, she heads into the void while watching these commercials. And uh, you know she you know this is something that is uh, this is new you know or as I, or as I call it the um. Yeah, the in-between, not the void, but um, she, this is something that has been uh, introduced. Now, Mike's spying on Mike when she tries to communicate with him, and like I said, this is not necessarily the whole concept is new, because we saw her do that with the Russians in season one, but her being able to personalize and go directly to Mike and see where he is and what he's doing, it's almost like she's traveling inside the same parallel uh inside the same world or universe but within she's able to jump from place to place so this is slightly different from what we've seen because she's got more of a targeted um, a targeted way of seeing where what someone is doing and maybe this is something dr. Brenner uh, was able to pull out of her or to hone a little bit more and I, I think that 
this is really indicative of what he was trying to do. He's trying to spy on the um, on the uh, Russians or whomever else may seem to be a threat, whether it was with those in the Cold War or elsewhere. Now, Dustin arrives home when he hears a bang in the trash can. And we get the uh, the Ghostbusters theme song that plays all the way through the end of the episode, and I really enjoyed and loved this um, this episode uh, thoroughly from beginning to end. So as of uh, yesterday, um, I put out a uh, an episode, um, pretty much the Duffer Brothers talking about. Um, the trailer that was released yesterday morning, and I had to, uh, I had had this uh, this this episode here, Trick or Treat Freak uh, Chapter Two, set to come out yesterday, and then that came out. I was like, wait a minute, I had to do something with the uh, trailer, and I watched that trailer over and over again, probably about a hundred times. Oh my God, it is so good, and just the detail that they just lay out for what they're going, you know, with. And just to hear that someone is going to die in this next season, this is heartbreaking. I I have a prediction that it may be Max. I'm not sure because there was a lot of focus on her, but that may be some misdirection here. So it may be one of the uh, older characters or it may be someone else. But, you know, someone comes out in a body bag and we see the boys uh, in the whole uh, party and looking down at possibly someone being brought out, I think it was in California, so I'm not 100% sure on what is going on there, but there is a lot that, it, that that happened in that episode, and to watch it frame by frame, there's so many things you could have possibly missed if you didn't, so I'm definitely going to um, do a, a cover of that and have some of my questions coming up, like I said, I'm going to have a few extra episodes here and there, and honestly, this episode was supposed to come out on uh on saturday saturday night but uh you know as of the time of this recording it's um it's early early morning uh, time of wednesday morning so I'm, I'm i apologize for having this come out a little bit later but i heard i got a wind of an episode um uh, of of a trailer that was coming out and so i had to make that into an episode itself so i kind of like stopped everything and just went back and redid a couple things and you know and this episode actually i've recorded this episode probably about three times at this point the first time something uh uh, uh went wrong on my side the the audio wasn't the greatest and i just like i, I couldn't put that out it wasn't that bad it wasn't as bad as one of those uh um um other episodes from the very very beginning but you know i was like i gotta put out you know the best that i possibly can so anyway with all that being said you know the episode's out now and you know and we're getting a couple of extra episodes here or uh here or there so anyway this has been tony with a stranger things podcast i hope you guys enjoyed today's uh episode and like i said we're gonna just run out these uh episodes and really dive deep into some of them and um I may do a, a few, uh, like I said, a few extra episodes here and here and there, and 
um, I'm going to start putting out the uh, these episodes uh, uh, two at a time now instead of uh, just kind of like one because I kind of like got off track a little bit. Um, life sometimes, unfortunately, adulting gets in the way sometimes. But um, anyway, with all that being said, um, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and make sure that you subscribe, uh, save, uh, share this to all your friends and leave a review to help us to continue to rise and jump in the ratings so that we can be found so because right now as of now i'm uh, one of the biggest stranger things podcasts out there this is unbelievable i can't even believe like my little podcast here you know just me talking about and you know pertificating on the um the 80s and just just the whole nostalgic of all you know nostalgia of all that and just <laughs> it's just it's just wildly un believable the support um if you guys can really start to throw in some uh some some comments i've been getting a couple of uh of, of comments and some feedback really give me some feedback on your thoughts on the episode so i can include those in the episodes moving forward i would really love to hear uh everyone's uh point of reference and and your thoughts on all of these episodes well this is Matoni with stranger things podcast i'll see you guys in the upside down